Welcome to the Financial Insight Podcast, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. The Financial Insight Podcast is for professional investors only. Thank you. Today, we're going to be speaking to Parminder Basran. He is the founding partner and CEO of VGC Partners. And we're going to be discussing how they've just started a Series A EIS fund. We'll just kick things off with the first question. So maybe you could introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Parminder Basran. I'm the founder and CEO of VGC Partners. I founded the business in 2010, started off doing deal by deal, raising money from high net worth individuals into SPVs. So did two or three transactions in the the music industry, in sports management, predominantly football. Uh, After that, after building a track record, I was introduced to a guy called Eduardo Sabrin, who was one of the co-founders of Facebook. I then felt that the opportunity set here in the UK was quite quite interesting because there's essentially a gap that sits, funding gap that sits between Series A and private equity. We've defined it as growth capital. And I also wanted to um, raise more institutional money. So ended up being funded by family offices around the world, sort of multimillionaires and billionaires who, who backed me from their family offices and also got an anchor investment from the British Business Bank um, for our most recent growth cap fund. We are now raising a 150 million growth cap fund, which moves us up in terms of deal size from sort of seven to 12 million. Uh, But we still see some really interesting opportunities within sort of two to five million check sizes, which is what we've been investing up to now from our existing growth cap funds. So the idea is, um, that we've developed and evolved is essentially to um, replace the current growth cap fund as we're moving up in deal size uh, with an EIS uh, fund. So we'll be doing exactly the same as what we've been doing for the last 10 years. There's no real change, um, but obviously we'll be using EIS money as our main fund has gone up maybe we could look at the institutional growth fund in a bit more detail sure sure so uh well the, the main growth fund we, we, we've built a pretty decent track record to get to this point so as a firm uh the first eight deals that we did um outside the the first growth fund to sort of build our track record um the only investment that we've got left to exit is actually our, our position in Epic Games, which owns Fortnite uh, and the Unreal Engine. So Epic is one of the top, arguably one of the hottest tech stocks, privately owned tech stocks in the world. You know, you probably stick it in the top five, top 10. We're looking to knock out well north of a 5x on that current batch of deals. And what's interesting about that is that our DPI, so distributions on paid in capital, is well over one, which means that all of our investors are in for free. And that's generally a theme for us. We're, we're not holding on to things forever. So when opportunities come along to get liquidity events and distribute cash back for our investors, we're certainly taking those up. We're not holding on to things for too long. So average hold period will probably be you know, three and a half, four years for businesses that we own. Within our current growth cap fund, it's trading, it's been marked up to 3.9x. We've got a number of very exciting businesses in there. So uh, Kick Game, which is an omni-channel retailer within sneaker resale. So luxury sneakers and streetwear. That's a very exciting business. 
just in 18 months, the monthly revenues of that business have gone from 150,000 a month from when we invested to 5 million a month. And that business will do 60 million of sales this year from annual sales of 1.8 million when we invested two years ago. And we've put a total of 6 million into that business as the sole investor. Um, so our return on capital, uh, you know, the return on investment and efficiency of capital in our business is very good because we've just got a very strong focus on operations. It's a big part of what we do. So we're putting a decent, decent checks into businesses, but the return that we're getting on that investment is significant because we know how to deploy money effectively and efficiently. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a menswear brand uh, called Percival, which has grown 300% this year. We, we backed that in April. Well, that's going very well. We're going to put some more money into that. Um, we've got a CrossFit business, CrossFit retail business called Wit Fitness. And we also own a plant-based milk business called Sprout. So um, the, that, that part of the portfolio is going well. And all of those things have allowed us to have a track record to raise the next fund, which is going to be 150 million. We've obviously got some big investors who are existing investors who are coming back with bigger checks. And uh, we are going to be opening that up to a more institutional investor base um, later this year after first close. Um, and then obviously we, we, we then want to, for us, you know, within the sectors in which we're operating, we see all the deal flow. So there's about 1,200 deal opportunities coming into our business every year. And there's some really interesting stuff that maybe doesn't, doesn't fit the growth fund in terms of deal size, but could still benefit from our networks and capabilities as a consumer media investor. Uh, so the Series A EIS fund really just slots into what we've been doing before, and we can just carry on as business as usual, really, with that with that capital. Great, yeah, super clear, um, fantastic. I mean, I I really want to ask you um, uh, just off the back of that, what what yeah, you know, what is the secret to their success? I mean, yeah, what's the secret to your success? The secret to our success is. Um, well, there's a, I think there's a number of things. I think first off, we are a deeply focused investor. So although we sit across consumer and media, there's a very clear opportunity to cross-pollinate networks across those two sectors to become a great investor within consumer and media. So, for example, you know, the core competencies around technology, understanding tech, uh, brand building, content and content development and also talent deals so athlete and celebrity endorsement deals across the portfolio um, those are sort of core competencies of our business so we understand that very well i think secondly we're a thesis driven investor so we're very focused on where sort of a fad becomes a trend within consumer markets and we're really understanding how um, uh, technology and other innovation can change consumer habits and preferences. So we really get that. Number three, um, we don't follow the herd. So, you know, a lot of early stage investors, just they're all clubbing together and doing deals. And we sort of not, we're not really in that. We're very much focused on plowing our own um, furrow, really. And, and that's because we, we have a unique set of resources and capabilities operationally 
which means that, you know, an interesting investment for us may not look interesting for somebody else. And, you know, we have the ability to leverage corporate partnerships, um, senior executives within large corporations, non-exec directors, chairmen, um, all of that type of stuff to really help drive revenues within the portfolio. And those relationships, we've been doing this for 10 years. So the same relationships, you reuse them. So, you know, people who fit your culture. So although, you know, our investment team is relatively small, there is a wide group of people who actually work with our firm, you know, probably 50, 60 people who are associated with the firm in some way who work with us on a regular basis to help drive uh, value within the portfolio. So, you know, those are some of the reasons. I think also as well, you know, founders really respect that we've built our business from the ground up. I started this thing with 100 grand and, you know, we're, we're going to be, you know, north of 300 million once we close uh, the growth cap fund. And um, founders respect my journey. Uh, we've got other entrepreneurs as well in the business. So we can empathize with people and what they've been going through, you know, there is a there is a place for bankers, accountants, and consultants within uh, private equity and venture capital for sure. Uh, but likewise, you know, if you've built something yourself and you've been through, you know, the difficult journey that a lot of these founders are also going through, uh, then you know you can build rapport and empathy a lot quicker um, than just coming in as an outsider. So I think that's probably the main reasons why people. Uh, like working with us and why we, we, we've got a great track record. Let's look at Series A EIS funding. I imagine uh, like a, I imagine a lot of the listeners to this won't actually be familiar with what it is. So maybe we could start with uh, yeah, telling us what it is. Uh, we've been investing for many years for check sizes, sort of two to five million into the majority of the deals that we do. And then we will follow on with another two to three million, depending on where the business stage of business is, is at. Um, and obviously, our next growth cap fund is moving up the chain slightly. So we're going to be, we may do a five million check from that, but in reality, it's going to be seven to 12 million per investment. So, but the quality of deal flow and the opportunity set around two to five million investments still exists. And we're still seeing a lot of those. So what we wanted to do was rather than just ignore all of that great deal flow that's coming in through the business, uh, we wanted to actually still pick the winners from some of the things that we're seeing um, and utilize EIS capital to do that. I think one of the interesting things about EIS is, you know, if you want to look at it in simple terms, Investors are getting a DPI of 0.3 on day one because they obviously get a 30% tax break, income tax break. So we thought that was quite interesting. Um, we did the analysis on uh, how many of these opportunities are actually EIS accredited. And we saw that the vast majority of things that we were looking at at that, that stage also had EIS capability. So that was another tick box. But also as well, you know, the resources and capabilities that we have as a business are still available and accessible to those earlier stage firms. So as we move up in terms of size and scale, um, we're obviously increasing our ability to resource the business. So 
you know, you obviously get more management fee, which means you can hire better people, bring in a stronger group of advisors, better non-exec directors, all of that type of stuff. And um, the EIS fund will still be able uh, to leverage on, on, on some of those relationships that we're building across the firm. In terms of sectors, we're, still, we're going to do exactly the same. So it's not like we're trying to set up a real estate fund or a biotech fund or anything like that. The strategy is still exactly the same. So it's FMCG, products and services, health and wellness and luxury brands within consumer. And it's sports and entertainment, video games and games development and IP and content within media. Um, we, wait, we may well look at a few more platform plays and a few more marketplace plays, you know, as our EIS business develops and evolves. Um, we, as it's Series A, there will be some businesses that we exit, but there will also be some businesses that we raise follow-on funding for. So Series B and Series C, more big tech plays, will be co-investing with a lot, lot, lot of other venture capital firms with this pool of capital. Um, so it just felt like a logical step to us. Um, and it fills a nice gap because we do a million a year of SEIS. So we've capped it a million a year. We've got a really interesting partnership with Amazon Alexa around voice tech, where we do two or three interesting voice tech deals a year from SEIS. Uh, and then we had this huge gap to the growth fund that's now going to be filled with EIS. So we've got a funding solution from seed to growth across three pools of capital, very much focused on all the same sectors. So it's an interesting offering for us as a firm to have, for sure. Yeah, definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, super interesting. Um, can you give us an example of the type of company you'll be investing in through Series A EIS, through your Series A EIS fund? Yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. So you know, let's just pick a couple of themes. I think I think health and wellness is becoming really interesting, uh, both from a product perspective within within grooming and cosmetics and also wellness platforms to help people improve their personal health. So we're going to be taking a deep dive into some of the uh, subsectors within health and wellness and having a good look there. Um, obviously, things are evolving from a tech perspective within IP and content phase. So there's going to be a lot more going on um, with the evolution of sort of Web3 uh the metaverse, NFTs, all of that type of stuff, it still feels pretty early to me at the moment. And there's a lot of change going on in the market, but we are going to have a look at platform plays, in interesting and innovative content businesses, advertising agencies, all of those types of things that we've done before. We'll be looking there. Um, we have got a view on sports management and sports agencies and the next generation of talent management businesses and um, influencer marketing businesses. Um, there's quite a bit of innovation in that space, so we're going to be looking, looking there. Um, video games and games development. We've actually got a couple of games developers that we're lining up for the fund already. So if you think of games development per se, you sort of have work for higher businesses, which is sort of like the baseline of revenue streams for a lot of these companies. Then you have um, publishing and licensing deals with larger games developers. 
And then you have own IP where video games businesses are developing their own IP, either on Unity or Unreal. Some of it could be AR, VR, which is an interesting space for us. Some of it could be mobile gaming. Some could be console gaming. Um, so we're looking at we're looking at those sectors in quite a lot of detail. So yeah, I, I think that you know that broadly should should sort of give you a could give you a feel for what we're going to be looking at there. So there's a lot of exciting things happening. I think from our perspective, you know, five G has been a big one um, because the speed of 5G and that connectivity and improved broadband connections over the last two or three years has has really meant that um, technology that can enhance consumer experiences um, within direct-to-consumer e-commerce businesses is significant, whether that's the use of video or AR, VR or other, other clever tech. Um, so that's 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 going to be a big a big thing for us. So, yeah, th things are moving that quickly uh, that we constantly have to stay on the ball with what technologies are coming next. But most importantly, it's about how we apply it. Because I think that if you're applying tech within portfolio companies to drive revenue growth, improve profitability, or improve customer experiences, then you should be doing it. But sometimes, you know, you can go too far and apply tech that nobody wants or doesn't really add any value. And I think the timing of when you do that as an investor like us is quite important. But there's there's just so much to go at. The, the capitalization gap in the UK is huge. If you look at government-backed uh, investment funds like BGF, you know, they're, they're deploying, you know, 300 million a quarter into opportunities around the country but there is a 15 billion funding gap at this stage of the market so there's plenty of room for you know new entrants like us to really take advantage of the deal opportunities that are presenting themselves for sure the financial insight podcast is for investment professionals only all material has been carefully checked for accuracy but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies wherever appropriate independent research and wherever necessary legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast the value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up you may not get back the amount you originally invested